0: just think what it would be like if we had married someone like us though oh exhausting then it'd be like constantly oh we've just moved here no we want to move again because he wants to move there Hi and welcome to Art Juice episode 19 behind the scenes conversations about making art in the creative life with me Louise Fletcher and me Alice Sheridan this week we're going to be diving into the topic of satisfaction are artists ever satisfied or are like Mick Jagger are we permanently dissatisfied and searching Uh, but first before we get into something so deep and meaningful Let's just chat about what we've been doing this week. So Alice, what have you been up to?
1: It's been a really nice week, actually, this week. It's been a bit gentler. I've been a little bit better. I've just made sure that I've made space for everything that I need to do in an easier way. And that has included getting to bed at a reasonable time. I did some meal planning and my daughter is hugely impressed. We watched some Jamie Oliver stuff. We actually oh. got some. Yeah, she, she decided I managed to persuade her away from being fully vegan because I thought, oh gosh, I'm not sure if I can cope with that every single day. Um, but she said less, you know, less meat. Yes, that's fine. More vegetarian. And we've had some really, really lovely meals as a result. So that's been great. Really enjoyed that. And then I have been filming for somebody else and um, working on some small paintings, filming it as I go, having to get a setup sorted out, two cameras. I would never have done this if it were just for me. It was only because I promised to do it for somebody else. But it's been quite fun. I haven't done the editing yet, so I haven't gone back through it to work out if I'm actually talking any sense
0: while i'm talking my way through it so where are the two cameras i know this you put one on your roof didn't you on the ceiling so i've got one on the roof on the ceiling and when
1: i say cameras i'm talking about phones so i upgraded my iphone but i've kept the other one Mm -hmm. so as it won't work as a phone but it works and it still connects to iclouds so it's great because i can get two little videos going the other one's set up slightly to the side on an angle and then I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to edit in so you get two camera angles at the same time.
0: Oh, that sounds very professional.
1: Well, <laughs> well, it, it does first, if it
0: works. Well, Alice... If it works. You put the uh, the thing that you made on the ceiling onto Instagram or Facebook, I can't remember. You showed yeah. a video of your new... And I instantly got camera envy and was like, I have to have one of those in the ceiling. So, it's not ideal. It's quite... um So... it's I've got this
1: uh, clip on camera mount with a big quite solid but flexible bendy metal hose thing with it with a camera clip and it looks like it should be solid and it's fixed to the ceiling and the ceiling's not moving but I think because I have a mic clicked into it when I move I think I think there might be a little
0: bit of wobble in it. Oh right well it looked very good And, and you were wielding a drill at one point Oh yeah, I so like a drill. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I wish you lived nearer to me. <laughs> it does take a while. It takes a while to get around to do these things. So uh, so you've got next stages editing and then is this something we can know about or is this secret?
1: Uh, yes, you can know about it. It's for uh, an online friend of mine, Kelly Wynne Conrad, who runs a membership program called True Colours. Don't ask me yet for the link for signing up but basically it's a monthly uh, art inspiration activities and she has different guest artists on each month with lessons things to follow there's a lot about color mixing in it um it's quite fun actually i think for people lots of people who are in the art explorers group it'd be something they might like to do but she's currently switching platforms so you can't sign up for it at the moment right. but oh that's yeah, so that, yeah, but it was one of those things that I thought, say yes to, because this is going to get you over the next hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we know that that works well for me. If I
0: say to somebody else that I'll do something. Then you've uh, got so an obligation. To... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, pretty good, actually. I'm get trying to get ready for Open Studios, which is uh, rapidly approaching, so I've got one more full week after this. Right. But next week I'm having some pe- the studio painted, so I'll be short a couple of days. So that means I have to really get my act together. And I have five paintings that I'm looking at that um, I've worked differently this time, and it's worked a lot better for me. Um, before I was painting entirely intuitively and then finding something in what I ha- had made. Yeah. This has still been relatively intuitive, but I started with an intention. I started with a piece of a painting that I'd done that I loved and that I wanted to do large. I wanted to not make the same thing larger, but to take that idea and develop it into bigger pieces. And so I had kind of general design idea before I started them. And each one's different, but they're all basically around the same theme. I had a general color palette idea and um, what I've noticed is they're all coming to fruition much faster because I started with an intention and the way I can tell that is I paint on cradle panels and around the edges if I when I'm done normally because I'm not smart enough to take them off before I start so Never I get paint pain everywhere and then it takes me ages to sand it all down because there's so many layers on these paintings but these actually the sides are relatively not too bad which means that I've got there in a lot fewer layers and what and- I'm doing now is I'm at the point I really love which is Putting depth and interest into the areas. So, having established the design that I like and the values that I, I wanted, now it's just a case of changing out the colours for different colours in places, or putting interest in, or drawing into it. Or, and this is the part I discovered that I really love. So, that's what I'm doing.
1: And, and does that
0: feel at all constricted? Like
1: the rebel in you suddenly wants to make a big change and shift it and go in the opposite direction?
0: Well, it has in the sense of colour, not in the designs or the feeling of them because they have captured what I wanted to capture or they are doing, but the colours are not right and um, they were right for that small piece of that painting but for these larger ones. So what I'm thinking I'll do Because once you've got the design right and the values right, of course, it doesn't particularly matter what colors you use. So I may go into each one, and each one might become a different color palette from the other, or they might stay somewhere the same. Um, But bits of what's there will peep through. But I'm just in the process now. This morning I was sitting here looking at them and thinking, right, what do they need to be? At the moment Mm -hmm. they're very hot. The colors are Mm -hmm. all hot colors. So it needs some cool colors in or maybe one of them becomes a totally cool painting. I don't know. So that, I suppose that's the rebel bit of me is now it's veering off my original uh, intention. But what I do like about it is it's helped me because I really struggle to find a design when I'm just working intuitively.
1: Because you get carried away with the paint.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I just, I think I just enjoy putting paint on too much. Yeah. And I, I lose good things. So having first established that I'm generally in the right right that looks okay as a painting it's just that it's too boring now it looks great from a distance but when you get up close you're like oh that's it there's nothing else to look at and I just love this part I love this going in and putting interest I love sanding it back and then Making marks with the sander, and I just discovered that I really like rubbing alcohol.
1: What does it do? Kind of slightly dissolve the paint a little. Yeah,
0: it removes it a little bit, like sanding, but smoother, and you can take layers of it off. But it smells like an old people's home in here. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it smells like? Then does it, it doesn't smell like nail varnish remover. Or... Well, see, I never wear nail varnish except for the paint on my fingers, so maybe it does. No, it smells like it's making me think of hospitals. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, I, I bought rubbing alcohol, so I don't know if that's what. It's funny, isn't it,
1: how smells have such a place. There's a particular cleaning smell that they do have in hospitals. And it, whenever, I, whenever I have to go like to the GP or anything like that these days, and I get this smell, and it takes me straight back to the days after my son was born, and I had this <laughs> awful C-section, and I couldn't move, and I had to, oh, God, it was awful. <laughs> and it's just that smell. it's just that smell it's just so just takes you somewhere straight away doesn't it that's really I think it's a really interesting experiment to work like that and I'm interested that it you don't feel like you're like
0: coloring within the lines yeah no because because they didn't have so if I showed you the piece of the painting and then I showed you what I've done is it something you could share can we add photos Or Uh, or is it not ready to do that yet? I could. As long as everyone understands these are all ugly at the moment, then I could. But um, you would see that it's not like it looks the same. In fact, you might say, well, I don't see the similarity there. Maybe you would. It's just that it was a feeling, it was a way of paint application, and it was a particular composition. It was the amount of light and dark that I liked. And the textures and so that's what I've tried to replicate. So I didn't feel trapped into any particular design and each one is a different design. Okay. Uh but what I what I do find not constricting but actually freeing is having established that part which I find the hardest first. So that then whatever I do now, it should work. You know, it's a decent design, the values are right. So I can I can now be freer in a way with what yeah. I do next yeah this is, this is the idea anyway we
1: shall see <laughs> sounds good it sounds good no, I think it would just be nice if and um, knowing you you've probably been writing about it and blogging about it haven't you
0: yes a little bit I'll do a blog post before this goes live and then I'll put a link in the show okay okay because
1: for anybody it. listening that would be good then we can come and have a look and see yeah, what we're talking about yeah
0: and then everyone will go Ew. but you just, just understand that these are not the right colors yet
1: and when does, when does Open Studios start? What's the date?
0: Oh, uh, yes. For anybody listening who's in the area, it's uh, June the 1st and 2nd and June the 8th and 9th. So that's two weekends. Okay. And everybody's open 10 till 5. Even though we're a bit remote, there's a couple of houses near me that have several artists showing in them. And okay. um, you get to see some beautiful properties, some gorgeous scenery and some wonderful art. So... North Yorkshire Open Studios, everybody go to the website and get yourself a brochure. So let's move on to our main topic, because this is a really a good one. Um, I think we wrote this down a while ago and we've not tackled it. But we, the, the question is, are artists ever satisfied or is being dissatisfied and looking for something just our natural state of being? Mm-hmm. Um, so as somebody who uh, if my husband was listening to this he'd be laughing his head off because I he says I am never ever satisfied and we were talking about possibly building a studio for me and he said it doesn't matter how big it is it would never be big enough and then we went to someone's house, and she had a stunning barn as a studio. One of the ladies on the Open Studios, and it was just gorgeous, attached to her house. And I said, "Oh, Phil, you should have seen this this barn. It's perfect." And he said, "It wouldn't be, because you'd want <laughs> to move after a year." So, so I I have to say, as someone who's well known for never ever being satisfied with anything, is that because I'm an artist, or is that just because I'm a moaning, never satisfied person?
1: Oh, oh. I don't think it's moaning. I think it's having high standards and high expectations. And um, I'm kind of there with you on that, actually. I mean, my husband would say the same thing, but I do think things have changed a bit in the last few years. I mean, I think we need, we need a hunger for change and improvement because if you stay within a zone where you're always fully satisfied with what you're doing it means you're never stretching yourself doesn't it if you're fully satisfied there's no urge there's no impetus there's no desire for anything new and you're only ever working within a space that you already know what you're capable of and for me that doesn't feel very interesting
0: but I just I wonder how much of this is about the word satisfied well what I was wondering was because we say are artists ever satisfied is it all artists are not, or is it a certain kind of artist? And I'm thinking of a lady I came across recently, she's somewhere near me, and she makes these paintings, these kind of watercolour paintings of animals, and they're kind of a bit cute, a bit contemporary, but a bit, you know, a bit whimsical almost. And her husband works with her in a business and they have a distribution center for the prints and things that she sells. And she also makes mugs and plates and napkins and all sorts of stuff. And anywhere you go in the Dales, you'll see her stuff in, in the garden centers and shops and all that. And years ago, as I've said before, I used to paint cows and I used to do, They were, I think they were pretty good and they used to sell really well and I used to like doing them but I soon lost interest in doing them. And I was looking at her setup and I was thinking, you know, that, that would have been possible for me. You know, if I'd kept working at it and perfected it and kept getting better and better, you could have had tea towels and I could have had, my stuff could have been in farm shops and all of that. But, I, but as soon as I got to the point where I was able to quickly do one and it was good, then I was bored with it. Then I didn't mm. want to make them anymore. And so is it just is it a certain kind of artist that's always searching and are we losing out because we're never we never actually get settled yeah we never actually get to master one thing well there's an
1: expression um i think it's barbara winter about being a scanner And, and a scanner is somebody who's interested in lots and lots and lots of different things but never gets anything to a resolution they're so busy and they're so busy hopping from one project to the next that they never resolve anything or stay in one place long enough to fully explore it and test it out and um although I don't think I I'm that far leaning I very definitely have a se- I know that I approach something like the filming that we spoke about you know I'm excited about it because it's the first time that I've done it it's 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 fun to have a challenge, to have the technical challenge, to see if it works. If I was having to do that every week, it I think it would become a bit tiresome. Mm. So we need something to feed into us that's that's new and refreshing, and different. And as soon as something becomes too automatic, I think we're looking for something else to kind of stir the pot up a bit. But i I'm not sure if that's the same thing as being dissatisfied with something. I don't think I'm looking for something new because I'm unhappy with what I've got. I think I'm looking for something new because to me, that's an obvious and natural next step.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm not dissatisfied with my home or with where I work. I'm not. It's beautiful. And I'm very lucky and I love it but I spend a lot of time on right moves looking at properties with big bands attached to them or you know by the sea or something different to what I have I just think of it as almost more than dissatisfaction it's like optimism it's like there's more oh this is good so what else could there be but then I think that state of constant looking is a plus and a minus so yeah, it is a, It's definitely a plus and a minus. Yeah, I agree with you. So when my, do, when does it feel when does it feel a minus? I think in the sense, especially with my artwork, I feel like I just get to a point where I'm making something in a way that people respond to quickly, that I enjoy, that I can sell, and then I'm like, right, what's next? What can I do different from that? I know if I kept working on a series of paintings like the few ones that have quickly sold that I might have that I could make them all different from each other and maybe I could develop and explore that and it's that scanner thing maybe I could get better and better at that and more and more subtlety and maybe I would really enjoy that plus I'd probably sell more paintings because if I build up an audience of people who like that kind of landscape that I've started doing. And then my paintings go completely abstract and a completely different color palette. Well, then I've lost some of those people already. So I suppose that's where it sometimes feels like a minus. And the other place for me it feels like a minus is sometimes it'd be nice to be the kind of person that stops and enjoys things. That's right? what I was going to say.
1: I was going to say it sounds like you're not allowing yourself permission to slow down and enjoy and actually appreciate each level as it comes. And yeah. maybe, maybe it's a speed thing. I've just been really conscious of that this this last. I mean, it's been a really busy start to the year, and and um, I, you know, I've mentioned this before as well that I've got this you know f- feeling of wanting to get stuck into something new because I know that there is something new. But I've also got to let myself just enjoy things as they are unfolding and if we're constantly in a race for whatever is next around the corner we don't have any time to to as you say to get settled and to see where things are going to take us in this moment or with this series and there is a desire always for new i just maybe it is just about the speed of it the speed of change and allowing yourself to have enough time always comes back to time doesn't it everything Saving time, making the most of time, using your time properly. Yeah.
0: But but just being conscious of being able to enjoy the time that you've got. Well, because I was listening to something. I can't remember what it was. I was listening to something where the speaker was talking about there is no past, there is no future. We've all heard this. There only is the time you're in. Yeah. And I know that when it comes to art and everything else in my life, I always am in the future. If I if I'm anxious or depressed, it's usually because I'm in the past for some reason, either the recent past or the long distant past. But most of the time, I'm in the future. Like, right, I come out here to work to my studio, and I look. Oh, where could I build? Could I build an extension on the garage to make this bigger? Or could I? Maybe I should build something over there in the garden separately, but that wouldn't be big enough. And oh, and then I. But you're in... not thinking those thoughts while you're actually painting, are you? No. So that's a life. That's a kind of life thought. But why am I not coming out to the garden and thinking, "Garden looks beautiful at this time of year. Wow, look at that! You know where I planted that flower bed. I should really enjoy that." I'm thinking, "What can I do next?" And yet, when I'm painting now, I'm constantly having to think about the painting because all what I'm doing now is totally new for me again, from from a month ago. So it's. All totally new. I'm experimenting with new things. Some of them have worked and some of them haven't. And I'm having to fix the things that didn't. Whereas, what if I'd done a series of 10 paintings based on where I was with the last set? Does that make any sense? So I just feel like I make life harder for myself. I think we all make life harder for ourselves. Yeah. And, and maybe that's just... all the time. I used to think I'm just. Wrong in the head, like that's you know, I'm just wrong because other people can enjoy their lives and I'm always looking for the next thing. But now I've come more to think that it's part of the natural state of being an artist that you are constantly exploring and pushing and trying new things. And if I think of it that way, I'm less hard on myself about it. Um, I don't
1: think it's an artist led thing, I think it's more a personality led thing and a view on life approach like you say I I I can think of lots of artists who are very satisfied with where they are they don't seem to have this um urge or fire for for change or or doing something different and like like you sometimes I look at them with a little a little bit of envious like oh that looks quite a calm
0: relaxed way to be living life yeah because you can decide well this is my brand and this is what my website should look like and this is the galleries I should go to and this is this is the audience that will like my work because it's always settled you know what it's going to be because I know some artists whose work I've loved at various stages and then I've gone off it mm-hmm. because they've moved to something new and it's no longer what I liked yeah and think oh but you're doing that beautiful stuff back there why are you doing this now now you know So now I'm leaving. Yeah. So now I'm leaving people behind before I've even really got them because I'm going at such breakneck speed. But I do have something in when we get to what's inspired us that maybe I will have something to settle on and work on. And that will be good for me. But so you don't think it's an artist thing. You just think it's a you just think it's a personality thing.
1: I do. I think it's a personality type thing. You can see that even looking at if I look at my two children, my daughter very much is. um, Very much more like my husband, but in this, she's quite like me. She's always looking for better ways of doing things. Whereas my son doesn't have this desire to always be changing things. You know, he's much happier with the way things are. Actually, he doesn't like it very much when things shift from one situation to another. He's much more comfortable with things that he knows, situations that he knows, and anything that's a transition point makes him feel uncomfortable whereas my daughter's like change it change it we can do this we can do this you know she, she, she'd be the kind of person who'd suddenly decide to take all the furniture out of her room and just paint it one day because she had a whim to do so you know, yeah she, she's 14 and um yeah it's it can be quite tiring I think that's the thing that's important in this for me that I've come to gradually <laughs> with guidance from other people and probably from my own personal state of uh recovering from depression is that a lot of it a lot of that striving for something that you don't have and that feeling of dissatisfaction actually doesn't serve us very well it doesn't get us to a good place it doesn't get us anywhere any quicker all it does is make us feel a bit miserable and unhappy and frustrated that we're not where we want to be or we don't have the studio that we want or we're not making the kind of paintings that we want yet um whereas when you try to practice more of a feeling and it it feels very at odds with what we what we've learned because uh, even accepting a compliment from somebody usually we say oh no this is like nothing it's very difficult i think to be accepting of the feeling of being satisfied yeah we're not, we're not encouraged in it very much. And yet when you do, when you accept that this is the way it is and I can keep moving and change is natural and things will develop, but for the moment, this is where I am and I'm just going to be in this place. I don't meditate, but I can, I, I'm just about on the verge of beginning to see
0: why it might be really, really good. I can see why it might be really, really good. I mean, when you were talking about your kids, I was thinking about, I know my brother is the opposite of me and he's very placid and he's very easygoing. And uh, my mum has told, well, she loves telling people over and over again that when I was born, I never stopped crying from the moment Mm. I was born for like a year. (laughs) And that when my brother was born, he just sat quietly in his pram or wherever they put him and just was happy to sit there. Mm -hmm. and our lives since then now we're in our 50s exactly mirror that constant me moving all over the world trying out new jobs doing different careers neil still doing the same kind of job you know still living within a few miles of where we were born and grew up but i often have thought i bet neil's happier than me just in inside because i just think he has an internal contentment that i've learned to now uh, create for myself through painting or through gardening or through baking or through doing things that make me feel it's my meditation i suppose or drawing yeah. is really good meditation for me because otherwise when i was when i was younger and even up to up to into my 40s really i was permanently dissatisfied yeah um and quite unhappy with it. So I think it is learning how to manage that. Um, And if I put my dissatisfaction or my urge to keep changing into my art rather than into the rest of my life, then I make people a lot less miserable around me. It's like, it's, it's only my paintings and me that are in a struggle, not everybody else around me. Because what must it be like to be married to us if we're constantly wanting things to change? Um, and my husband is a very uh he's not easygoing. I wouldn't say that but he's he's quite settled and happy with things Mm, yeah mine and he's had to keep changing every time that can't be easy there's a flip side
1: to everything isn't it the flip side of of it is perhaps being a bit bored and you know it's, it's interesting that that's what I think it feels like to not have this element of dissatisfaction Uh, it's not something you know there are there are elements of my personality that I wish were different or that I would like to change or that I'm working on changing Um, I've had two people this week say something to me about being calm and patient I'm like I'm not calm and patient isn't it funny how things come across because that's not how I feel at (laughs) all about things but this feeling of satisfaction that is dissatisfaction that is a driver in me i wouldn't want that to go i wouldn't want to be without it
0: no i wouldn't either
1: i think it's it it's, it's an important motivator if that's how you see it and that's why i think how you think about it whether it's part of your art practice or part of yourself is the real key to this in the sense that if your dissatisfaction is making you unhappy that's something that's obviously not good, but it's not inherent in the dissatisfaction itself as long as you're using it the right way. Use it as a driver. Use it as something that motivates you. Using it, use it as something that gives you energy to change and, you know, just be aware of when it's becoming a little bit overwhelming and redress
0: the scales a bit in the opposite direction. I think that makes perfect sense but just think what it would be like if we had married someone like us though oh exhausting then it'd be like constantly oh we've just moved here no we want to move again because he wants to move there oh and then we want to do this instead he's changing his career now and
1: (laughs) I mean it would just but then equally you see if we were both like my husband and chilled and totally laid back and then I don't think we'd ever go anywhere on holiday. We would still be living in the flat that we were living in when we got married. Nothing would have, I was going to say nothing would have improved in life, but then maybe we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't see it as an improvement. It would just be, you know, it's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you said two things. So you said, Oh, I wouldn't want to be bored like that if I did yeah. and nothing would yep. have improved. And yep. yet, And yet people who are settled and happy. One of my closest friends is like that. She's the happiest person I know. And she doesn't want anything different than her life is. And she just always says to me, I'm just so happy. I just love everything. And she's not just saying it. She is genuinely really content and I envy the peace of mind of being able to be happy with what you have so is it just
1: something that you can work on bringing a little bit more of it in but not to the extent that you lose yourself
0: yes I've been told many times that I suffer from black and white thinking so I look at Judith and my friend and I say she's she's happy and really settled but I don't want to be like that but I do want to be like that so now I'm completely torn instead of thinking well which little parts of what Judith feels like can I bring into my life without losing the parts that I really love. Exactly it's definitely possible to do that to to, to
1: shift and it it does come from doing small things like as you say being aware of the fact that every time you think about your studio you think i want a bigger studio <laughs> you have to you have to make a conscious decision well that might be something that's going to be ready for me at some point in the future but for the moment why expend energy on that and instead i'm going to have a lovely morning here doing what i do or in the garden or and you, you can't feel dissatisfied when you're doing those things. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to be doing things that you enjoy and to feel dissatisfied at the same time.
0: It's true. And just to come in here, well, first of all, and this we've talked about studios before, but to arrange the space to make the most of it, which I'm always redoing, but I can see now that I could do it again um, yeah. and I can see things I could change. So that's a small, uh, a dissatisfaction that's easy to fix. Just move some things out of here, move some things around. And secondly, to just stop and think, wow, you know, I'm so lucky. And that's the other part of this is sometimes the dissatisfaction feels like lack of gratitude. And I brought somebody in here the other day who'd come to look at paintings and I brought her and her husband into the studio. And she said to her husband, oh, this is what I this is what Mm. I want, I just want, she was wanting to get back to painting, she hadn't done it for years, she said, oh, imagine having a space like this, where you could leave your stuff out, and just go back in the house, and not worry, and she was painting on the kitchen table, and it's just like a big, you know, slap around the face, just remember how fortunate you are, there's nothing wrong with wanting something else as well, but not to be constantly always thinking, oh yeah, but that's that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong because it's not it's just that it's fine it's great and i'm very lucky and there's potentially more but uh just to remember and i think that applies to life as well as art just to remember where you are fortunate
1: yeah i think it's the general practice of of catching how you think about things and how you label things as well so we're talking about it in terms of dissatisfaction but I don't know if that's a word that you usually use for this, but if it is, it might be worth just changing that because uh, and just checking if that's actually accurately what you're thinking about. Are you dissatisfied or, you know, are, are you just striving for something to be different? And is there anything inherently wrong with that? And if there isn't, we just have to be careful how we talk to ourselves about these things, I think. And but bringing, bringing it back to art, mm-hmm. um, are artists ever satisfied? I think the answer has to be no. And you wouldn't want them to be, doesn't it? With their, with their work. Do you, do you ever want to have got to the stage where you think
0: that's it and I'm, I'm done now? No. I like getting to the stage where I'm satisfied with a painting. I do have a few paintings where I still look at them or I look at the photo of them if I sold them. And I think I'm satisfied with that. Like yeah, I could- That was a goodie. I couldn't have done that any better than I did it. Yeah. And I'm happy with it. And that's a lovely feeling. So so here's a question for
1: you then, Miss Perfectionist, hmm. for which I also am <laughs> yeah. wearing the badge. Um, so when you look at a painting that you feel satisfied with, is that the same thing as saying it's a perfect painting?
0: No. No. No, that's what I mean. So I can be satisfied with the painting, but not think, right, well, I'm done then because I yeah. did the perfect painting and there's nowhere else to go. It's more like it feels like a glimmer of, oh, there's more possible. Like now, I can go down that road and maybe do even better.
1: Yeah,
0: It's the same for you?
1: Yeah, and it and definitely there are some paintings that either they come together quickly or they go through a really (laughs) often they go through a really difficult stage and then that gets them to a better end resolution. And I'm never sure whether other people can see that i think some people can and it's always sort of held within the painting inherently but then there are some paintings that i think are better paintings or my favorites and people just respond to other ones differently so the ones that i think are the best or that i feel most satisfied with often that's not the way other people see them that was a that was a big a big thing for me it was accepting that like Every time I make a painting, I'm not trying to get it to a state of perfection. So feeling satisfied with it is not about it being perfect. It's not about picking It's not about picking holes in it. It's not about tying up all the loose ends so that every element is pulled together, because sometimes you can kill a painting a bit when you do that. So a lot of it for me has been about understanding that it's okay to live with a certain amount of unresolve and that mm. it doesn't all have to be about getting everything to a state where you feel it's perfect or you feel it's good before you can appreciate it enjoy it for what it is and move on and you know this is you know I reckon I've got another 30 years of learning on this but it's part of this time thing isn't it that once you realize that there isn't there isn't an end goal
0: as such there isn't a finish line so yeah. you just keep going I didn't used to think about mindset um, at all when I was younger and realize that what we think is only just that, made up things that we think. And when you realize that everything that pops into your head doesn't have to be true or, or real or taken seriously, it just makes such a massive difference. I just think it's kind of an inevitable part of getting
1: older that you just get, well, maybe it isn't inevitable for some people, For some people, it's a natural part of getting older that you just start to become more aware and more conscious of all these things. And, you know, when you're younger and you're growing up and you're 22, you're just like too busy getting on with it and doing all the things that you've got to do and learning and having a riotous time with your friends. And then... You have various things in life, and this is where it comes back to the dissatisfaction that you know inevitably get hurled in your pathway. You know they disrupt you, they they throw you off course, they make you challenge what you'd thought to be true, they make you need to understand yourself more because you need to find a way to cope with things. And you know from that point of view, I think that actually it's those dissatisfactions they can teach us much more than when we're happy all the time but we have to be careful that we are balancing a sense of contentment with life rather than going through it with endless frustration
0: there that's a perfect (laughs) wrap-up So moving on inside outside what's inspired you this week Alice? I never 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 thought that I would say this
1: but I have been quite inspired by my running app. Now I might be jumping the gun here I might be jumping the gun but I have been feeling so much better with my shoulder and my stupid ankle that I bust last November feeling better but also a little bit sluggish and too much sitting in front of the computer having cups of tea and just a biscuit to go with it that I decided I was talking to a friend of mine I said, when does it get to the stage where you start enjoying it? And she said, well you have to do it more than twice. I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> she said, when you stop, then it's harder to get going again. I was like, okay. And maybe this is where I've gone wrong in the past, is that I've only ever been doing trying to run when it's just me and I've been trying to do the run where you run for a bit and walk for a bit and all of that stuff but it's only ever been me doing it and she said no no you need to do this couch to 5k thing anyway I've done it twice and I'm so impressed with myself all I've had to do is run for
0: 60 seconds at a time you say all oh, i've tried that <laughs> i didn't feel like it was all i had to do i felt like it was torture <laughs> but i and you
1: look at it and you think 60 seconds 60 seconds that's nothing and by the end of it you're like oh can we stop now <laughs> and finally comes in your ear and says you can stop now and you think oh thank goodness for that thank you for telling me that but um i'm just quite impressed with it it's quite a neat little app you can have your music going in the background And um, let's see where we get with it this time. I don't have any intentions to be a runner or be one of these people that suddenly starts doing 10k races or marathons. Can I just say at this point, all I want to do is maybe twice a week just for a little bit more aerobic energy and exercise.
0: That's my aim. I have two friends who uh, were just going to jog. And uh, one has done the London marathon three times now. And and every year she does it, she says, that's it, I'm not doing that next year. And then she always has a good enough time to get in automatically and she does it again. And the other one, he's not that advanced, but he was very, very overweight for a long time. And he went on a long diet, lost loads of weight, and then he started running just for a bit of fun and now he's doing 5Ks and he's, up, he's heading up to 10Ks and he's obsessed, so you never know. Well, I think this is the point, isn't it? Is that you, you start off and
1: actually the endorphins kick in and, and, and that's how it's supposed to work and that's how exercise is supposed to be good for us. And, you know, there are other things that I do that I do quite happily, but I really don't think running is going to be my thing. <laughs> I really, really don't think, but I just... I'm just going to try it with this and I'm going to see if I stick with it. But it has just the feeling of doing it has inspired me. And the way this little app has been put together has inspired me too. So it's nice when you see something done well, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm very envious because okay. I definitely, definitely know running's not going to be my thing ever. So. No, no, and also
1: you've got to, you know, got to be careful of my knees and all of that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and I'm <laughs> older than you.
1: <laughs> what's been, what's been good inspirational? Oh.
0: Mine was a real surprise inspiration. So a few months ago, I signed up for a course with Cheryl Taves, who is a creativity coach, and she has a course called The Artist Mindset. And I, it was just totally at the wrong time for me. Um, So I was too busy, and I couldn't keep up. And I've never done that when I've taken a course before, I always keep up, but I just couldn't. And things have calmed down a a bit this week. And so I went back to some of the things that I missed and started trying to catch up and there were it's very good and there were some exercises in there one of which was to uh do to paint a poem to come up with a painting to express a poem and I'm not a fan of poetry at all but I am a fan of one poet who I've been a fan of since school And uh, that's Ted Hughes, who writes poems about the landscape. Uh, Some of his poems are about the landscape around here and the landscape that I love. And the way he writes about it is exactly what I want to paint. And when I was in college, I took a literature course, but part of it was art. And we had to do a final exhibition. And my final exhibition was my paintings and drawings with snippets of Ted Hughes's poems. And I had, this has kind of gone out of my mind in subsequent years. Mm. But when I saw the exercise, I went to my bookshelf, I found one of my books of his poetry and I started reading these poems. And I was like, this is what my work Mm. needs to be about. This is exactly what I want to express, Mm. but in my own way. And so I've dragged all my Ted Hughes poetry books out. I've started looking up like... Who owns the copyright to all his stuff? And who do you have to communicate with if you want to do something in conjunction? Now, of course, this is what we were just talking about. I am, like, racing ahead now. In my mind, I'm having, like, a world tour exhibition with with his poems. (laughs) Whereas I'm all zen and not (laughs) doing the marathon. (laughs) (laughs) And you're at the opposite extreme. However really what i'm what i'm seriously thinking is i really want to immerse myself in those poems again and yeah. in learning again about the meaning of them and because i do love them and to make my next set of work be an exploration once open studios is over i don't want to think about any exhibitions or shows and i'm not going to apply for anything mm. i'm just going to focus on making work in relation to these poems and visiting the places which are half an hour from my house. So that's not a hardship and walking in these places and experiencing what's in the poems and actually have a a, a central theme to what I'm doing, which mm-hmm. is a bit more defined than what I've had before. Yep. So uh, I'm, I've yet to send Cheryl an email, but I wanted to actually send her a message because she knows I've really fallen behind and just say, I'm sorry that I've fallen behind. However, thank you very much because just this one thing uh, sparked something in me. And what I wanted to say about that is whatever, you might take a course or read a book and you might think, oh, I got nothing out of that for whatever reason. In this case, it was because I was too busy to get anything out of it. However, if the only thing I ever get out of this course is that, then I more than got my money's worth. There's always something in these things. And I'm sure when I go back into the modules, I'll get a lot more out of it than that because it's a really good course. However, just that was enough for me to have got my money's worth.
1: Yeah, and it's it, the point of it is that we've been talking about dissatisfaction and satisfied and that there is always a thread that we can find. Yeah. Always a thread that we can find that links us back to what is the thing that feels right for us to be doing and you know when we go back to being dis- dissatisfied with something it's usually because we're doing something that's not quite right for us we're not we're not giving time or attention to the things that deserve time or attention or to looking after ourselves or you know that's where those feelings arise from and and you know you've just summed that up perfectly I was busy I wasn't having the time to do it now I have found the time I've made the time and I found this one thing and all of a sudden I'm on fire again and that's all it takes and that's how quick it can happen it's yeah. fantastic yeah it's fantastic that we have this ability to to be able to find that for ourselves really we just have
0: to know that we've we've got the ability to do it I guess. And I think actually, when you say it like that, something I was saying to someone else this morning, it's amazing this gift that we've been given. And I don't mean the gift of being able to make art or whatever, but the gift of wanting to. Mm. It's, it's truly a gift because we can call it dissatisfaction and constantly searching, but it's a gift to want to have that, to something like that to be able to spark you to then want to go off on an exploration and get excited Mm -hmm. and that the there are many people I know don't have that in their lives in any way shape or form yeah Um, the most exciting thing if if I was different then maybe the most exciting thing for me would be a new episode of EastEnders or something can you imagine how awful that would be but we don't have to think that way because we have this and that's not to upset anyone who loves EastEnders, by it's the way. It's funny.
1: I, I I had a period of time where I became addicted to EastEnders and it was when the children were much younger and I know exactly why it was. And I was talking about it with a friend on Monday. And it was because... Eastenders was on at 7:30, and that was when we'd done the bath time, we'd done the day, we'd done the monkey music, we'd done the tantrums, we'd done the feeding, we'd done the meals, we'd done the being sick, all of the stuff. Everybody was in bed. We'd done the nice mummy and the reading and the bath and the play and the clearing up the water on the floor and everything that needed doing. And 7:30, I could sit down, and it was like my switch off time. And this is this is what you've just said. That was switch off time. And what we're looking at here is for what switches you on. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference. It's like getting lost in something that turns you off and then finding something that turns you back on again. And that's what we've got to be conscious of. And I do. I'm guilty of it all the time. Still, I'm still guilty of it. And we all all sit down and like, are you a Games of Thrones watcher?
0: No, I've not seen it ever.
1: No, I, I, I haven't either. I've managed to. Flip the loop on that one, but you know other things. It's lovely. It's nice doing all of those. Line things, of was my obsession. Tennis. Exactly. No, that was my obsession. Exactly. It was you know, and that's lovely to have that to look forward yeah. to. But you don't want to spend your whole life doing that, do you?
0: No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good thing they only made five series, not it's sixty-seven, good. isn't it? it? Definitely. Is. <laughs> okay. Uh.
0: That's it for us this week. We've enjoyed it as always. We hope you have. If you feel so inclined, we would love you to share this podcast with anybody else you think would enjoy it. And as always, we would love you to write us a review on iTunes. And otherwise, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: New to the podcast, and this is the first one that you've listened to. They're Sorry. not all like this. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is as good as it gets. I was going to, and then I thought, I'm not saying that out loud. is is that it's it's led you back hasn't it but this i'm just trying to think that um what happened are
0: you there yeah come back i'm here i'm here